Good morning. Let's come back together. Find our seats. It is good to worship together and good to, to be together as the church, as God's family. And so welcome to Village Bible Church. For those that don't know me, I'm Pastor Ron, one of the pastors here. And it is just a pleasure to get to dig into God's Word and some of the truths about the Holy Spirit. And so in this little mini-series, we're looking at a lot of different passages, a lot of different Scripture, to try to understand the Holy Spirit a little better, because the Holy Spirit indwells us that believe the Holy Spirit is the power we have to live for God. You know, this week we saw some some really dramatic and horrendous images of power, right? I think I have a picture of one. You guys see pictures like this from the Bahamas as Hurricane Dorian went through? And, and we look at that with, with mixture of emotions. It's horrible. It's horrifying. What if that happened to us? And at the same time, we're like, what kind of power could do that? And, and it draws us to mind of what power is. And, and actually, before we go on, I just want to stop and pray for the church in the Bahamas and our brothers and sisters in Christ that are trying to recover from that this week. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord God, we, we know that we live in a fallen world, a Genesis 3 world. We know that disasters happen because of that and tragedies happen, but it is hard, Lord, to see. I know that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that this morning their worship is disrupted. They're struggling even to know where to go and what to do. And so we pray for the, the church in this area right now in the Bahamas. We pray that the church can rebuild. We pray that they will be a, a life-giving um, entity in that area, that they will show your love. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be especially with them right now to give them strength through this difficult time, but also eyes to know how to use it for your glory, even in the worst situations, to be able to find a way to draw others to you and to bear witness of you, God. We pray for the church there. We pray for the people that don't know you, that they would come to a saving knowledge of you, Lord, because there is nothing better, there is nothing that gives more hope than knowing that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, that we are children of God, and that we have an eternity that is secure with you. Lord, I pray for our our brothers and sisters there in your name. Amen. So this morning, I, I start with that as an opportunity to pray for them. But we are talking about power. And we are talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, a power that dwarfs anything that we saw on the news this week, that dwarfs anything that we can see in this world, in the natural state of things. And in some ways, we are fascinated by by power, and that's a good thing, but we're in the middle of this series on the Holy Spirit, which is real power. And, And the Holy Spirit is the one that enables us to be empowered to live for God. You know, last week we looked at just the deity of the Holy Spirit and, and who is the Holy Spirit. And our goal was just to sort of blow our minds a little bit with how incredible the Holy Spirit is, that He is God, that He is a person, He's fully God, and on top of all that, He lives inside every believer, which is just amazing. And so last week the goal was just to be blown away by that. This week we start a couple weeks now on what does the Holy Spirit do? And, and so, uh, again, some of these things maybe, oh yeah, I know he does that, but the breadth of what the Holy Spirit does, I'm hoping, will just blow our minds a little bit. We'll expand our thoughts of who the Holy Spirit is, what God is doing in this world. St. Basil the Great wrote this about the Holy Spirit, and I put this in your notes. What does the Holy Spirit do? His works are ineffable in majesty, innumerable in quantity, How can we even ponder what extends beyond the ages? 
What did he do before creation began? How great are the graces he showered on creation? What power will he wield in the age to come? He existed. He pre-existed. He coexisted with the Father and the Son before the ages. Even if you can imagine anything beyond the ages, you will discover that the Spirit is even further beyond. Just poof. Just think about that for a minute. And that is the power that God the Father and Jesus sent to us to be able to still endure this fallen, hurricane-centric world. And that is why, why we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So today we'll start with what does the Holy Spirit do? As we studied this, I'm like, we could spend a month or two on this. We, we, we could just spend all kind. We're not going to. We're just going to spend a couple weeks on what the Holy Spirit does. But how to narrow that down has been a challenge. And so today, we are simply going to focus on what did Jesus tell the disciples the Holy Spirit does. And, and in John 14, 15, and 16, and we're going to be anchored to that section of Scripture today. In John 14 through 16, Jesus is telling his disciples that the Helper is coming, that the Holy Spirit is coming. And so we're going to, to work through that today. Then next week we'll look at the rest of Scripture and say, okay, what are some of the other things that the Holy Spirit does? And then we'll get to really talking some nuts and bolts. Okay, how can we live by the Spirit? How can we notice the Spirit in our lives? How can we be aware of His work? And we'll talk about that a little bit each week, but then focus on that the last week. So that's sort of where we're going in the next few weeks. If I had to summarize today and next week, it's that the Holy Spirit is actively and powerfully at work in the world to convict and in the lives of every believer as our helper. He's actively and powerfully at work in the world to convict and in the lives of every believer as our helper. We're going to unpack that because in reality, the Holy Spirit is the agent that, that the Trinity, that God is using to do His work on earth. And so we, if, if we really start to understand the work of the Holy Spirit, you'll see him everywhere. You'll see his work everywhere. You sort of had this when you're buying a car, right? If you're, if you're buying a car, maybe I'm the only one, but if you're focused, okay, I'm going to get a Toyota Camry. And all of a sudden that next week, what do you see all over the place on the road? Toyota Camrys, right? I, we, we did that when we got a Jeep way back when. And all of a sudden we're seeing Jeeps everywhere. And you know, with Jeeps, you sort of have to wave as you go by to the other Jeep owner. And it's just sort of a thing. But um, you, you see them. Now, are, are those cars new to that road that week? No, no, they've been there the whole time. We just weren't aware of them. And that's sort of like the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, guys, he did amazing things this last week in your life. And you might have missed it. I might have missed it. And so part of our goal in in talking about the work of the Holy Spirit is to stop missing it, to start being aware of what God is doing and how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and in the world around us. And so we want to delve into that. As we come to John 14, if you want to turn in your Bibles to John 14, we're going to start at verse 16. We're going to take different sections of verses in these three chapters. John 14, 16 is where we'll start. I want to set the stage of what this this time is about. What Jesus is teaching is, is what he's trying to teach here. The stage is the night before his crucifixion. 
Okay, so the night before his crucifixion, he gets the disciples together and they go to the upper room and he knows what's going to happen. He knows his death is imminent, his resurrection and then his ascension. He knows he doesn't have much longer. Disciples, not so much. They've had little hints, but they've been a little slow on the uptake on that. And and so he's still trying to prepare them. What do you need when I'm gone? What will help you complete the mission or continue the mission? Because really the disciples then and then carrying on to all disciples, including now, our job is to finish Jesus' mission, to be about his mission. That's why we're still on this planet. And so Jesus is preparing them for that. And, and this is a, if you, if you read through John 14, 15, 16, 17, this is a long series of teaching that mostly reflects what happened in the upper room before his arrest later that night. Possibly some of it on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And so when, when you think about it, he knows that he's going. He knows that his disciples are about to feel loss. And they're about to feel the weight of the crucifixion that they aren't quite ready for. And then even 40 days later, they're going to feel the, the weight that Jesus is now gone. And how do we carry on? And so Jesus is preparing them. And so sprinkled throughout this teaching in 14, 15, and 16, over and over, Jesus is saying, but I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you help. There's hope. This is how you're going to carry on. And so as we look at the work of the Holy Spirit today, it really is what Jesus is stressing, the parts of his work that Jesus is stressing to his disciples of how do we carry on mission here in a fallen world? How do, how do we exist in this fallen world? And so all of these particular aspects of the Holy Spirit really help us understand that and are really pertinent for today because our world's still fallen. <laughs> Hasn't changed in 2,000 years. It's still fallen. It still needs Jesus. And we're still called to be lights for him. And so we come to John 14, 16, and, and we're going to look at just seven quick things about the Holy Spirit today, and then we'll look at more next week. I want to start by reading our Constitution, just what our, our church's doctrinal statement says, and we'll hit some of these today, some of these next week. The Holy Spirit convicts people of their sins and is the agent of rebirth in Christians, making them part of the body of Christ, the church. He lives in every Christian from the moment of salvation He illuminates, guides, equips, and empowers believers for Christ-like living and service. There's a lot to chew on in that statement. And we're going to try to chew through a lot of it in the next couple of weeks. But we start with John 14, 16, and 17. And I will ask the Father, and Jesus is talking here. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the first thing we see is Jesus is preparing his disciples and preparing us to be disciples in this world is the Holy Spirit helps us live Christ-centered lives. He is our helper. He's sent from God the Father to be our helper. The Holy Spirit helps us live Christ-centered lives that are pleasing to God. Need any help in that? Or are you just good? You can, you can live perfectly for God right where you're at. You don't need the Holy Spirit. Don't, no, we, we desperately need help in this. We are all sinners. None of us can live lives pleasing to God without the Holy Spirit. 
And so we, we start with the Holy Spirit helps us. He was sent to help us. He, he was sent as a helper. And that word for helper there, parakletos, is, is a really broad word. Sometimes people say paraclete when they're describing the, the Holy Spirit. Um, para meaning alongside, and kaleo, it's, it's two Greek words meaning to call. And the idea is to call someone alongside for help when you need somebody. And, and it, it can be used in a lot of different ways. It's, it's coming to the aid of someone that cannot help themselves. Maybe a doctor coming to the aid of a sick patient. A coach coming to a player that is completely lost on the field and doesn't know what he's doing. A, a mother to children that's coming alongside saying, no, brushing your teeth is good. We should do, it, it, it's, and we have all these different things all the way from really the subtle to the major. But the idea of helper or, or paraclete here is someone that is called alongside to help because we need them. Some translations use counselor, comforter, advocate. All of these things have the same idea of someone that's filling the gaps. Someone that, that is taking the, the, um, the situation and has the ability to help us through that, that has the ability to direct us to God. It's one who helps, encourages, consoles, or mediates on behalf of us. And so the idea of helper here, the very first word that's used, I will send you another helper. The idea is, is that this summarizes the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because we can ask the question, well, how does he help us? And that's what the next six things today are going to talk about. M- much of next week is going to talk about. Because he helps us in so many different ways. In fact, the Holy Spirit helps us with everything we need to walk with God. Everything. There is nothing lacking in the help of the Holy Spirit for us to live godly lives. Any lack is on our part because we've resisted and we've refused to listen. But there is nothing lacking in what the Holy Spirit does for us to help us walk with God. A couple of other words as we look through that. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper. Well, another implies what? There's a first one, right? And in this case, that first one is Jesus himself. Jesus has been walking with them and living with them for three years. He has been helping them know what it means to walk with God, to follow God. And now he says, I'm going to give you another. And the the wording there is very specific. It's another of the same kind or another in the same nature. And so Jesus is saying, as I've helped you, as I've pointed you to God, as I've helped you understand sin and righteousness and what that means, the Holy Spirit's going to do that same thing. He is going to take over what I'm doing. And that's why last week we, we read where Jesus said, it's, it's better that I go. And we're like, what? No, he said, it's better that I go because now the Holy Spirit's going to come and, and not just be physically with 12 guys, but indwell every believer on the planet. And that's better. That's better for the church. That's better for us today. And that is the kind of helper we have. The same vein as Jesus Christ. He will be with us. The Holy Spirit is with us like Jesus was with the disciples. And when we think of helper, we can sometimes think with with human terms. When, when, When we have someone helping with us, there's often just gaps or times that people let us down. The Holy Spirit will never let you down. The Holy Spirit will always be there. He will always be a source of help. Now, now I want to focus on one other thing of helper. The idea behind helper 
implies that someone needs help. And, and I actually think this is a key to understanding the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And a key to the rest of this series is we have to realize Jesus used a word that said we need something. We need help. We cannot handle this on our own. And so the idea of helper implies someone in need. Someone drowning, you need a lifeguard. Someone that is ill, you need someone to, to help you and, and to help overcome that illness. And, and what this talks about, what this speaks to, is a spirit of reliance on the Holy Spirit. And, and I am convinced we live most of our lives sort of oblivious to the Holy Spirit around us. We'll talk more about that as we go this morning and, and look at His indwelling and His presence. But we need to realize a desperate need for the Holy Spirit every moment of every day. And until we do that, you will not feel the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in its fullness. Because as long as we don't need Him, as long as we're holding back, as long as we've got it together because we are in control and we have our plan and we don't need to acknowledge weakness, as long as we're there, we are pushing the work of the Holy Spirit down in our lives. But when we come with a spirit of reliance saying, I need the Holy Spirit today, when that starts to infuse our prayer life, when that starts to improve our attitude as we enter any situation, that changes everything. And you will see the Holy Spirit do incredible things in your life and in your heart. See, one of the, one of the things that we, we often talk about and we did in James, is difficulties and trials often are the time where we feel closest to God, right? Well, why? Have you, have you thought about why? Because you're forced to what? Rely on God. It strips away this facade of I don't need anything, and now God has used that trial to strip that away to say, no, you need me desperately. And so in that way, when I talk to people that have gone through just devastating trials and are now walking with God, man, they describe those trials as precious. Now, they'll usually say, if I had to choose, I wouldn't go through it again. But they also say, but now that I have, I wouldn't change it. Because those are the times that God draws near to us. He's always near to us. Those are the times we're actually open to His work in our lives. I can say that in my life. There's, there's times I look back and I wouldn't change anything. But some of those darkest times are the times that I relied on God most and I have this precious memory of, uh, of God holding me and caring. We don't want to lose that, but we've, here's the thing. Don't wait for trials to rely on God. Don't make Him have to bring those things in your life before we depend on Him. Recognize that need. Whenever you see the word helper, think... Yeah, I need that. I need a helper in my life. I can't do this on my own. I love this passage because it also tells us why the helper was sent. Even down in 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And we see with the giving of the helper this love and this care from God Almighty to say you're not alone. I'm not going to abandon you. Jesus isn't stranding his disciples on earth and saying, you're on your own. Fend for yourself. Good luck. See you in heaven. We'll get a report that no. He's saying, I'm going to give you everything you need to live for me, to point others to Christ. That's what we, we realize when we see the word helper. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He helps us. 
And maybe that's all we need to say. But he helps us live Christ-centered lives. He is our helper and we need him. So every moment this week, try to, to remind yourself, I need the Holy Spirit right now. I need the Holy Spirit when the kids are screaming and I'm trying to get them to school. I need the Holy Spirit when my boss is upset and I don't know what I've done. I need the Holy Spirit even when, the, when I'm having a good day. I need the Holy Spirit to not forget God, to not take things for granted, to be grateful for what he's done. Don't miss that we have a helper because we need help. Second thing we see, we're going to stay right in this section here. The Holy Spirit helps us by living in us from the moment of salvation. By living in us from the moment of salvation. We touched on this last week. And this is again, this is a common one. Well, the Holy Spirit indwells us, right? He, he is with us. And, and so I want to explain that a little bit because we can say that so lightly and it is so profound that as we talked about last week, the God that created the universe, that spoke the universe into existence, lives inside every believer. Think about that. He is not far off, but he is imminent. He is present. He is close. And those passages, Jesus says that again. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper to be with you. How long? Until Friday. Uh, Really good month. He'll be here to the end of the month. No, he will be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. So he says, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you. He's pitched his tent with you. He will be in you. This is huge village. Every moment of every day, if you are a believer, if you've repented and accepted Christ into your life and you're a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you is with you. He indwells us sometimes is the word we use. Uh, You know, at Christmas, I love to sing the the songs about Emmanuel, God with us. And as I've studied for this, I know Emmanuel isn't one of the names for the spirit, but it still describes him because it it represents the continuation of, of Jesus's ministry, another helper in the same vein that we still have God with us. We are not alone. God will not leave us. And so at the heart of understanding the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is understanding his indwelling in us, that he is living in us. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, we see the same concept. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? A temple was the place where God lived, where he resided. And, and, And interestingly enough, the temple was then the interface between the rest of the people and God, which is what our mission is. To, to show Christ to others, to show God to others. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. And there's a whole sermon from that verse too, but can't go there today. Um, but we aren't our own. We, we have the Holy Spirit within us because we've been bought with the price. We're the Holy Spirit's home, his dwelling, where he's hanging out. And, and that means every part of my life, if I'm a believer, every part of my life, the Holy Spirit is with me. Now, that is great comfort and great fear at the same time, right? 
It's comfort because the Holy Spirit's with me. He's helping me through things. It's fear because when I blow it, when I resist, when I sin, the Holy Spirit is still with me. He hasn't left. And that should make us shake a bit. That should be the fear of God in our lives. But both of those, I think, are part of how He sanctifies us, how He draws us to God. But He's with us. A couple things just to hit out of these verses. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer at the moment of salvation. He indwells the believer at the moment of salvation. And and we have to understand this, especially with some of the heresies that are out there now that say you have to do something else for the Holy Spirit or you wait for the Holy Spirit. Village, the moment you are saved, the moment you believe in God, the Holy Spirit indwells you forever and will never leave. That is the promise of Scripture. In Acts 2, 38 and 39, Peter's talking and encouraging. He's, He's giving a message asking people to repent and be saved. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Not just some, not just a few, everyone. And so even in our constitutional statement, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer from the moment of salvation. As we already saw, he also then be, he stays with our, the believer the entire, our entire life to be with you forever, that we will never be abandoned. That is the promise from God. But also look at verse 17 in that passage. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we have to understand that only those that repent and believe in Jesus will receive the Holy Spirit. This isn't something that's just put out on everybody and everybody's saved. No, only those that repent understand that we are sinners. Understand we can't save ourselves, but Jesus died on the cross for our sins in our place to take the penalty for that sin, rose again on the third day. When we recognize that and believe in that and give our life to God, that's when the Holy Spirit comes. And I say that because if you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ, I am grateful that you're here. We want you here. Ask questions. Ask one of the pastors, elders. Ask anyone around you, who is this Jesus? What does he mean by the Holy Spirit? What does he mean by being saved? Because my heart is that every one of us repents and believes in Jesus Christ. And gives our heart to him because that's where hope is. That's where the help is. That's where the helper indwells us. I'm going to say just a, a quick word, switching gears here a little bit to just some of the things that you, some, that you may hear. Sometimes you hear preachers talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit and sometimes indwelling of the Holy Spirit and sometimes filling of the Holy Spirit. And I have seen all kinds of different definitions for that. I have seen all kinds of heresy. I've seen all kinds of good things. In, in three minutes or less, let me clarify it all. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is when the Holy Spirit regenerates us and we are saved. To become a believer, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is the initial act of salvation. Make sense? And so there is never any waiting for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're not saved. Because the whole, next week we'll talk about this more. The Holy Spirit is the one that regenerates and saves us. 
And so every believer that is a true believer experiences the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not based on some evidence of a particular gift. It's not based on some action. If you're saved, you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we read, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. It goes on from there. there there's, no, there's really no other way to take that verse. So that's baptism. Indwelling is what we're talking about out of these verses from Jesus. This is what happens with the Holy Spirit from the moment of salvation forever, throughout this age on on this earth. And that the Holy Spirit is with us, indwells us, and, and makes us his home, is with us. And so that immediately follows salvation. We're baptized once, and then we experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit our entire lives. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is being empowered for his work. And that is an ongoing thing that happens in believers where there can be multiple fillings of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking the exercise of gifts, but I'm talking when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, him coming on and giving a special ability, special power to perform an act that he, has, he wants us to perform. And, and we can get into all of that, but I think Ephesians 5.18 is one of the best verses for this. And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. And quite frankly, that's where most in evangelicalism has stopped on that verse. Um, and I, ah, don't be drunk. And it certainly says don't be drunk. But catch what the, ver- the point of the verse is, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and so the point is, alcohol can control us, right? It can change our mood. It can change our actions. Whenever it does that, it's sin because we are to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so he's just using one example of something that keeps us from being controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so when he says filled, and if you look at the the way the word filled is used, it almost always is tied to being controlled by the Holy Spirit And, and, and allowing him to work in our lives. He is always present but then there are, time, there are times that we don't allow him to work. When we sin, every time we sin, we are, we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. But when we, when we open up to seeing what he's doing, and when we allow him to do his work, then that's often described as filled with or controlled by the Holy Spirit. So control is the issue of this passage. And, and it's, it's really interesting getting into some of the semantics and some of the way the Greek is used. The word fulfilled there is actually a present imperative. It's an ongoing imperative that basically you could translate that and keep being filled by the Holy Spirit. And so, so we, we are indwelt. We, we always have that. But filling of the Holy Spirit is allowing him to control us in specific situations. Does that make sense? If it muddied the water, talk to me later and we'll take 25 hours to solve it. But No, it's just a, a big topic, but I wanted to define how I'm using those things. The point of this, though, is the Holy Spirit helps us by living in us, by indwelling us from the moment of salvation, being with us to help us in every aspect of life, every aspect of godliness. Isn't it comforting to know he's with us? I think about times in your life where you haven't known what to do and, 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 and you're in panic. Isn't it comforting when someone who does know comes alongside and helps? You know, some of you, a lot of you have been praying for Sue's and 
a week ago, a couple weeks ago now, um, she had a reaction one of the nights to some of the medication. And it's the middle of the night, and, and I haven't gotten my doctorate yet, or ever. <laughs> and so I didn't know what to do, but we had a doctor that was on call. And I was able to just call them up, and even though it was the middle of the night, they stepped me through what to do, worked through it. There was a great comfort in that. There was a great relief in that. That's just a little tiny taste of what the Holy Spirit does for us. Because He is with us every moment. I I hesitate to use the word on call because then it's like we're pushing Him aside until we need Him. No, He should always be in control. But that's, that's what indwelling allows. That kind of peace, that kind of help. So this week... I want us to work to be more aware of the Holy Spirit, that He's living in us. Work to be more aware of that by always focusing on it, constantly focus on it. Wherever you go, think, the Holy Spirit is with me. Whatever you do, think the Holy Spirit is with me. And like I said, that's a double-edged sword. There are times it's like, okay, I'm going into the situation, Holy Spirit, help me know who to talk to, know what to do. And there's times that I pray that you're in a situation that you're like, oh no, the Holy Spirit's with me. I need to stop. That's, that's the two sides of the way the Holy Spirit helps us. To defeat sin, to be aware of sin, to know how to live for Christ. And so be aware of that. And I was trying to think, okay, what could be used as a reminder? I, I'm, I'm, I know you guys laugh about this sometimes. I'm all about physical reminders and physical things. And so my idea is a paperclip. And, and some of your notes have paper clips on them. If not, there's a bowl of paper clips in the back. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a paper clip this week because I can attach it to whatever I'm doing and take it with me. And whenever I see that paper clip, I'm going to remind myself the Holy Spirit's with me and take comfort from that, also take instruction from that. But I want us to be, to be more aware that every moment we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit because we forget this. We forget that there is God Almighty living in us. And we get into our routine, we get into our normal lives, and we just live life. And we are missing the experience of living life by the Spirit. We are missing what God wants to do in our lives. And so let's work to be more aware of that this week. Five more things in ten minutes. We can do this. Number three. If we need to save some for next week, we will. So so the Holy Spirit is our helper. He lives in us. Number three, the Holy Spirit supernaturally teaches and helps us understand God's truth. The Holy Spirit supernaturally teaches and helps us understand God's truth. He helps us remember and understand spiritual things. Jump down just a few verses, but stay in John 14. John 14, 25 and 26. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. Three years of teaching every day from Jesus. Just remember all of it. It, it, Their heads had to be swimming. But these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Those verses are incredibly comforting. Because what Jesus is saying, yeah, I've taught you a lot. we've spent three years living together. And when I leave, it's going to be overwhelming. How do you remember all that? How do you know what to do? 
But the Holy Spirit, one of his roles, one of his jobs is to help us remember spiritual truth. To, to lead us in spiritual truth. To help us remember spiritual truth. And so what does he teach? Everything about God and Jesus' teaching, the word, wisdom, everything we need for godly living. That's all in the realm of the Holy Spirit. We, we laugh that we lose our memory, right? You get up, go in the other room. I know this never happens to anyone else. And you get to the other room and like, why did I go to the other room? And, and then you go back and sit down and try to do it again to remember why you went. And um, Holy Spirit covers that for us spiritually if we're open to that. If we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, He is bringing to mind those truths. He is helping us understand God's Word. He reminds us of what we need to know when we know it. It doesn't mean that we're brainiacs and we, and we, we, can, we know everything, but what we need when we know it. And since He indwells us, He can directly influence our minds and our emotions. He can get to the center of things. He helps us in conversations, bring to mind truth and what to say. How many of you have been in a conversation with someone and a verse came to mind that was perfect for it that you wouldn't have ordinarily thought of? Anyone? Yeah, all over. That's the Holy Spirit, guys. That's not just your brain doing some sort of trick. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, and it's awesome. It's amazing. He helps us when we're tempted to be convicted I've had times where I've been tempted in some area and all of a sudden a verse comes to mind or the thought that the Holy Spirit is with me and it's like, ah, and it helps me overcome that temptation. And so the Holy Spirit teaches and helps us understand God's word. Hold hold your finger at John 14. Just go over to John 16 Um, because this is one that he mentions a couple times because of the power of this one. John 16, verse 12. John 16, verse 12, and Jesus says this to you. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. (laughs) Three years wasn't enough, guys. Still a whole bunch more I could teach you, but you can't handle it right now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And so part of the work as a helper, an encourager, a guide, is to bring to mind that truth, to teach us that truth. And he reveals it as we need it. That's, 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 I I love, but you cannot, I, I have so much more to say, but you cannot bear it now. No, God knows us, and the Holy Spirit knows what we can handle, when we can handle it, and he'll reveal that in his love and in his care, he'll reveal the exact right thing at the right time. And the Holy Spirit here, his work is to glorify God, to point back to God. Now, now how does this happen? And again, in a couple weeks, we'll get to this. Is is this magic? We're sitting there and boom, the Holy Spirit works in us and we don't have to do anything, maybe sit on the couch or something like that. No, no, the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with us being obedient to God's word. Okay? And, and so when we talk about the Holy Spirit teaching us and helping us understand God's word, we have to be seeking God's word. We have to be seeking truth. We have to be listening to God's word. It's not just sitting there and randomly God's word comes in our head. No, he's revealed his word. And so the Holy Spirit works as we work. As we do what we're commanded to do, the Holy Spirit comes alongside and he helps in that. 
as we hear God's word, as we study God's word, as we are diligently seeking, looking at commentaries and trying to understand and wrestling and meditating on God's word, the Holy Spirit then superintends that process and reveals truth to us. One of my preaching professors used to tell us, um, he said, don't get caught up in this idea that you don't have to study for sermons. Because some, some guys will say, no, I don't have to study because the Holy Spirit is moving. He's working in me. And when I get up here on Sunday, the Holy, I, I need to leave space for the Holy Spirit to work. So I'm not going to study. And, the, and, our, and our professor would say, guys, the Holy Spirit can work in your study just as well as he can in the pulpit. And he challenged us to do the work of study, but always be praying that the Holy Spirit would superintend that and reveal And then the Holy Spirit works during a sermon too. And those of you that are teaching, during teaching, he's giving the words. But it's not magic that eliminates all effort from our part. Another part of this, as we we think through the Holy Spirit, teaching us, helping us understand, helping us remember truth, is the Holy Spirit helps us understand God's word and helps us understand the, the meaning behind God's word. Are there times you read a passage and you're like, I have no idea what that just said. There are times scripture is hard. Peter said that. Paul's teaching is hard. And the Holy Spirit then helps us understand that hard teaching. In, in 1 Corinthians 2, we see that now, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Again, same concept of what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit's given that we can understand the things that are given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And if you go on and read that, it says a lot of the truth of Scripture is foolishness to people that don't have the Spirit inside of them. A guy dies on a cross for someone else just because he loves them? That's a little nuts if you don't understand what God is doing in the big picture of things. But the Holy Spirit helps you understand Scripture. So this week, as you do your quiet times, as you come to Scripture, as you read Scripture, it is so vital that we are aware and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. Because you can study the Bible all you want academically and just for a head knowledge, but the Holy Spirit will help us dig it into our hearts and pierce our hearts. And so we need to be calling on the Holy Spirit to do that. Asking the Holy Spirit to do that. Sometimes this is referred to as the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit, that he illuminates Scripture. I think our, our doctrinal statement uses that word. Finally, when it comes to teaching, the Holy Spirit is reminding us of the truth of our position with God. He's reminding us of scriptural truths that we can can forget sometimes. The Holy Spirit will remind us of truth that we are forgiven when Satan wants guilt and despair to take over. The Holy Spirit will remind us of truth that we are children of God when, when we're questioning whether God loves us and maybe we're letting circumstances surround us and overwhelm us. I love Romans eight fourteen through 16. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Again, every child of God has the Holy Spirit in them. We will see those truths throughout Scripture. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, which is what Satan wants to overwhelm us with. It's not true. But you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And the idea is our spirit lies sometimes. Our our spirit wants to believe falsehoods. And in this case, the, the, the falsehood is that we're not really saved, that we're not adopted as sons and daughters of the king. And God is saying, no, no, my Holy Spirit is there to remind you of truth. This is all part of the truth that Jesus is saying. He teaches us and reminds us of truth. And so we need to be seeing the the Holy Spirit work in that way, allowing him to come into our study, to come in and inform what we are learning, to, to superintend that process. The Holy Spirit is the one that can remind us that what's true in the light is also true in the dark. In the good times, what's true is still true in the most difficult times because our heart will doubt that. Our heart will question that. But the Holy Spirit says, God hasn't changed. He's still with you. He's still in control. He still knows what's going on. Trust him. That's the Holy Spirit reminding our hearts of truth. So the last one we'll do today, we're not going to get through all seven today, but I have a couple weeks on what the Holy Spirit does. The last one, I want to do this one because it flows out of that same passage, that same concept out of, out of John um, chapter 16. It mentions that he will guide us into all truth. And, and in John 16, verse 13 there, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And so the fourth way that the Holy, uh, the fourth work of the Holy Spirit, the way he helps us is he helps us by guiding and leading us. By guiding and leading us in a life toward holiness and a life toward his purposes. You know, we just read in Romans 8, and so if you keep both John 16 and Romans 8, the Romans 8 passage says, for if you live according to the flesh, in Romans 8, 13, but if, if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does is he leads us. He guides us into what we should do. He guides us into God's will. He guides us into the truth of Scripture. And so this is just so comforting when we're confused. Where do I go tomorrow? Where do I go in life? We need to start realizing that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. To guide. Now, he's not going to lay out a 20-year plan in your life. He has it. He's not going to let us know because we'd be overwhelmed. But he's going to guide you today. He's going to guide you tomorrow. He guides us really, I think, in two major ways. The first is to put sinful ways behind and walk with God. And the second is he's guiding us in God's will in our life. I mean, think about it. And the, the Bible is, is just full of examples of this. I just put a couple in your notes. Acts 8.29. And this is where Philip came to the eunuch and, and eunuch accepted Christ. And the Spirit at the end of that, in the, in the, or actually before that at the beginning, and the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now for those that say the Holy Spirit only guides us in truth of Scripture and not in life, I'm like, okay, go over and join the chariot. It's pretty practical. <laughs> That's life. And so the Holy Spirit directed him through an impulse, through what was in his mind, and we'll talk about that when we talk about living by the Holy Spirit, go over there. In Acts 10, 19 and 20, and, and this is where Peter has a vision and, and Cornelius is coming to Christ and Peter is going to resist that because he doesn't want to go. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, the Spirit, because the Spirit is actively at work, 
Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise, go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. Here's just two examples of many the Holy Spirit leads and directs if we're listening, if we're aware. And that's what we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. How can we do this? How can we see the Holy Spirit? How can we know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us? And we'll talk about that. But as I think about this, remember his guidance and his instruction is only as good as our willingness to follow. Instruction is only good as our willingness to follow. So are you willing to follow the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to go where he leads no matter what? You know, we, we use Google Maps or Apple Maps all the time. And, and probably half a dozen times I've questioned it and defied it. Said, I know better. And, and my son reminded me this week, he goes, you know, Dad, every time you've done that, you've been wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> when I've defied that instruction, it's been at my peril. It's just a simple little example. When we don't follow the Spirit's leading, or when we're unaware and not listening for it, it's to our peril. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He's our helper. He lives in us. He teaches us. He guides us. Next week, we'll dig in further and see some more ways. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us. Lord, help us to remember that. Lord, help us as a church to be incredibly aware that you are with us every moment this week and seeking you and aware of our dependence on you, Lord. Help a silly little thing like paper clips drive home a spiritual truth that you want to, to us to know in our lives. Thank you, God, for your word. In your name, amen.